Hello, thank you for choosing to listen to Theme Park Films Podcast. We are Carla and Holly, two friends from England, who will ride the movies, watch the film and give you our thoughts. You can find us on at Theme Park Films on Twitter. Oh, and just one more thing. If you are driving whilst listening to this podcast, please keep your arms inside the vehicle for the duration of the show. Thank you. And welcome to Theme Park Films. I'm Carla and I'm joined by Holly. Hello. And this week we are discussing Pocahontas, which was released on the 6th of October 1995 in the UK and 23rd of June 1995 in the USA. But before that, we're just going to touch um, on where Pocahontas has featured in uh, a theme park so she was in MGM Studios which is now called Disney Hollywood Studios but she had her own um, stage show The Spirit of Pocahontas which ran from June 95 to Feb 96 so not very long she was only featured for about 8 months I do remember watching it I don't know if you happened to have been there during that 8 months I don't really remember watching it, so... I mean, that's not to say I didn't, but... Okay. It was pretty much just um, kind of in the vein of the Beauty and the Beast stage show that it was just kind of the highlights, the the songs from the show, in a very condensed version of the story. And she was also in the Animal Kingdom for a much longer run. She was there April 98 to February 2008, with Pocahontas and her forest friends. Now, I don't remember seeing this, but I think it was more aimed at younger children because it was the importance of looking after animals, preserving the forest, etc. And she would like take questions from the audience, from what I gather when I looked it up. So, yeah, so she's featured quite quite predominantly really um in the parks and of course you can also see her and pretty much every disney character in the fantasmic show in disney hollywood studios where uh the part where she comes out um with the other princesses on the boat so i don't know if you've ever seen fantasmic but it is one of the most incredible things i've ever seen in my life and anyone that knows me will know that is high praise because I truly am very nonplussed by most things in life. But that truly takes my breath away. So if you are ever in Disney Hollywood Studios, make sure you stay until close and head on over to watch the Phantasmic show on the lake. Mm. Um, I think I had some really nice popcorn when I was there. Great popcorn and awesome buttery, really buttery. Um, yeah and really nice churros and they give you a nice uh, chocolate dip with them the popcorn is actually because they give it to you warm yes it's nicer yeah. actually to leave it for a day oh really yeah it's delicious like that so emma we would get popcorn and then emma would be like don't eat a lot of it save it for tomorrow <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> so, uh, yeah wow okay I don't know if I could leave it, it's too good. Give it a go. I will, I'll give it a go. If I stay for Fantasmic, which, who who are we kidding, I'm going to. 
I will Instagram the results of my stale popcorn. <laughs> On to the film. Yeah, so before that, just my thing with Pocahontas. Oh. I did I did text you earlier about it. Yes. I couldn't really remember the film. Like, I could remember the film, obviously, mm. like, Colours of the Wind or whatever, mm. but I couldn't remember all the characters. And then I saw the little dog. Percy. Suddenly, just got, like, a wave of memory, um, which was that I, I got from disney a purple t-shirt who had the dog and i think he might have even had the evil character on as well oh really Maybe it was the majority of the dog i think the you know the dog was the main bit and i had that on my purple t-shirt and i loved it because i loved the dog and i was flying home in my t-shirt and as we were coming to land i was sick <laughs> all on my t-shirt to take my t my t-shirt had to like be taken off because i was sick when i was landing she, she was very young um, at the time this isn't something that happened <laughs> last year by the way she's talking when she was a child just to make um, that clear and i then had to only ha- i only had my jumper right to, like to go through the airport and it was hot uh, very hot yeah yeah I just really remember that did did you save the t-shirt do you remember if if your mum washed it out yeah, I think it was fine. It was but okay. I just remember it being, you know, like coming into land and I was like, I, I think I'm going to be sick. And like, um, it was like, everyone was like, well, we're landing. So yeah, hold it in. And I was like, I can't, I can't. <laughs> and then, oh, I know there's normally like a sick bag. Yeah. I just sort of thought, I just, I think I was like, oh, I'll try, I'll try. And then I just went, Whoa! and I was like, oh, oh no. Uh, yeah were you travel sick or just eating too no i wasn't really like a sicky person do you know what i think it was Mm. and i think maybe there's some deep-rooted issue that i think i think i had the breakfast right and to this day if i see a breakfast on a plane as soon as i see them coming round with the tray i'm not joking i put a blanket or something over my head and just (laughs) pretend to be asleep i cannot look at it they make me feel so sick They're disgusting. That horrible little pot with the orange juice, some nasty looking omelette thing, and some dried up old croissant. Ugh. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand it. But I hate plain food. Full stop. I don't eat. I don't eat any of it. Oh, okay. I don't mind the meals on the plane. Um, oh, every just... time. And now I've become. Now I'm an, a full, like a fully fledged adult. I feel mm-hmm. way more comfortable. Like comfortable to just be like. You know, I used before. I used to just take it out of politeness, and then yeah. maybe like nibble a bit of bread roll, and then feel sick or something. Or you know, the cracker. I quite like the cracker and the yeah. cheese yeah. and the pudding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'd never eat the main. Now they just come over and they're just like, oh, you know, chicken or beef, and I'm like, none. And they're really, you know, even now they get quite shocked. They're like, oh, are you sure? Like, yeah, nothing, thank you. Got my pret sandwich. I'm fine. I find that not. odd because it kind of breaks it up. I look forward to the meal. It breaks well, I might, up. Like the I'd, eat my pre- I'd eat my pret sandwich when everyone else has eaten theirs. Yeah, I don't know. I just think, I mean, you know, obviously you've got um, very heightened taste buds compared to me because you eat in proper places and, you know, <laughs> I eat like a small child. So, you know, I don't, I don't particularly mind plain food um it's just like a microwave meal isn't it it's quite inoffensive to me 
so it doesn't doesn't particularly bother me but i understand association i've never eaten beef crisps again since being sick as a child after eating beef flavored crisps uh, so when they when they decided to bring back beef and onion i bet you were like oh no yeah cuz you know and i i'd probably like them but there's just always that it's just always an association so yeah. i get the i get the association with the breakfast but yeah, I don't. I couldn't refuse all meal. I mean, does does Adam eat the meal? Um, yeah. Okay. Normally he will pick around it, but you know, like when did I go? Uh, when I went to Canada, they had Itsu at the airport, which is mm. a sushi place. So I had salmon ta- salmon teriyaki on a bed of rice, and it was just delicious. Right. And I just was like, this is so much nicer. If they could give me an option, which they would never do because, you know, they probably, the food probably costs like 5p per person. You know, mm-hmm. if they said, take five or 10 pounds off your ticket and we won't give you any food, I'd be happy with that. Mm-hmm. Don't really even need the drinks that they provide. I always take water with me. Yeah, but it's free drinks, isn't it? Yeah, but then if I fly someone like British Airways where you get alcohol, I'm always tempted to have a drink. Right. And then I I once um, had a gin and tonic and I came up in such a bad sort of alcohol rash. It was horrid. Really? Yeah, I went like bright red, got like, you know, it was just awful. I don't know where the risk, I don't know. So I would never drink a gin and tonic on a plane now. So on to the film. Did I saw it at the cinema... Um, I wasn't working in the cinema in 1995, but I was the following year, and it was on a kids' club one morning, so I remember being the usher for it. And it was in the days where ushers had to sit in the film and watch it with everyone, like, for... Good. For safety, which they don't do anymore. Well, what, what, like, what were the risks? In case there was a fire, we had to... They, um. There was... The, the law was, in those days, that every screen had to be occupied by one person in case there was a fire so we could safely escort everyone out i don't know i mean why is the cinema now so expensive then you know like that back then you had to pay for like god knows how many people to sit in films yeah i mean literally from 96 to 98 in the first cinema i worked in when i was a teenager you had to yeah, the whole time there had to be one person. There were six screens, so yeah, you're paying like permanently for six extra people just to sit and watch a film. I bet it was good when you got to watch the first film, but when you had to watch it for the twentieth time, I bet it was a bit like. You know what? I mean, I thought it was the greatest job ever when I first got it. So I was like, it's brilliant. I'm getting paid to watch films, and then I saw Babe thirty nine times. <laughs> and honest, I mean. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of it the first time. It's like, I was 17. Wasn't, wasn't really pitched to me. But, you know, some films were great. I used to like um, having to usher Titanic because you literally did two showings and then it was time to go home because it was so long. So you do, you knew you just had to usher one, sit through it, have your lunch, usher the second one, your shift was over. Yeah. So, yeah, that was always a good one for me. But, yeah, it's not as fun as it sounds, but... That doesn't happen anymore anyway. But yeah, I, I I saw it at the cinema because it was on a kids' club. Okay, so what were your thoughts on it? I liked it at the time. I thought it was good. Um, my cousins were very small then, so I was talking about it actually with two of them yesterday. 
Um, and they're the reason that we're doing this podcast, actually, Becky and Lauren, because we put a poll online, which lesser-known Disney film would you like us to do? We gave them the option of Pocahontas, Mulan, Hunchback or Bugs Life. Bugs Life won. And we ignored it, so... Well, I'm sorry, but blood's thicker than water. Becky and Lauren wanted Pocahontas, so damn it, that's what they're going to get. So I remember watching it with them when they were little, so I've seen it several times, but I haven't seen it for probably about 10, 15 years what what did do you remember do you remember first seeing it or you must have been quite young when it came out what would you have been about six um i don't remember seeing it but obviously i did you yeah because i had that t-shirt so i must yeah. have liked it mm. um yeah so i can't really remember it like obviously i remember bits of it but when i watched it today i was like there was a bit like i couldn't i couldn't really really remember it all yeah um yeah i mean watching it today was pretty much like it's gone long enough that I felt like I was watching it from scratch other than a couple of like almost deja vu moments where I'm like oh okay I do remember this but yeah I might as well have been watching a new film I had to concentrate on what was happening that's I think yeah that's how I felt as well yeah so it's actually quite uh, in depth, isn't it? For a children's film, I'm, I'm sure that kids didn't understand this or don't understand this when they watch it. It's quite, quite Well, yeah, and I was serious. thinking, actually, it's quite, like, historical and, like, you know, obviously, yeah. like, about that period of time. But I did feel like quite a lot was going on. You know, it seemed like quite a lot was going to happen and then the ending just sort of, like, ended. Yeah, it you did know, seem like it to end didn't quite quickly. It really go anywhere. That was my problem. Like, it was all like, oh, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Oh, no, it didn't. Yeah. There is this quite historical point of it where, I mean, I don't know, I guess you don't really need to know it, but, it, you know, it's... Well, yeah, I mean, a, a few people, and we'll get onto the shout-outs, have obviously um, pointed out it's historically inaccurate. We know that. We know that Disney obviously have artistic license. I do know the story or bits of the story of Pocahontas in real life. So I know that she was real. I know John Smith was real. But she was a child at the time, so there was no romantic element. But she did save his life. She was about 13. And she did, um, as the film showed, dive on top of him so that they couldn't stone him at the end. That actually did happen. So, oh. yeah, so, that, you know, they, they've taken a few elements in that I, I think, and I'm sure we'll be corrected online because I am just going on memory of what I learned at school about Pocahontas, but I believe they were taking over the island that they were that they were living on, but the workmen, including John Smith, used to play with some of the children. She was one of the children and she did actually save him because he was always quite kind to her but there was nothing romantic in it at all he was a grown-up she was like 12 or 13 but yeah those two did exist and And i thought also when they first went over to virginia because obviously jamestown is the first colony that that the british got um i thought they went over obviously to find gold but their one of their biggest things was to go over to start the tobacco Mm -hmm. trade Mm-hmm. Because they keep making references to the 
they say something obviously about Virginia, but it's like yeah. that's the whole thing is that the whole t- tobacco that they start probably growing and maybe back. just because it was a Disney film they will mention <laughs> well, yeah. tobacco. I'm guessing. Don't know. They might have just yeah. They might have just skimmed over that because it's a bit yeah, not very Disney. Everybody just puffing up. Yeah. <laughs> We are more than aware. It, to be honest, it doesn't bother me. It's historically inaccurate. It's, you know, it's It's fine. just a Disney film. Yeah, let's not get too hung I mean, up it's on it. probably the most realistic one out of them all, which says something. <laughs> it still gives people a message, I think. And um, it's probably one of the better, sort of more serious messages that Disney also, managed to convey. Pocahontas is just... I mean, if she was... She's very on trend. You know, like yeah. if this film came out now about looking after the environment, caring about animals, not destroying it, you know, it's very it's a very message which is very you know, of the time, I guess. She's yeah, she's a a very current princess, isn't she? A bit like we she said is. about um Jasmine, that a little bit maybe a ahead of her time for nineteen ninety five. Definitely. So it starts off John Smith is joining a bunch of workmen on a ship to go and take over a piece of land. I did actually notice that Christian Bale played one of the voices. He was Thomas. Oh, which I did not was, notice that. Yeah, and I had to look it up and it was him, but it was such a small mm. role that it must have been quite a long time before he really got like into the big time. But... John Smith is played by... Um, we don't normally talk about who's casting. I just thought it was interesting that Mel Gibson was John Smith when he's Australian and known for American films. I'm not sure why he was playing the Englishman. Obviously a big name to have in a Disney yeah. film, but I'm sure you could have found quite a big... You know, like Hugh Grant or something. Yeah. If we're talking about 1995, maybe. He would have been very in at the time, wouldn't he? He would. But I digress. Governor Ratcliffe announces they're going to a new world. And he's the baddie in it. He, You see him talking to his dog, Percy. Even though he's the baddie, though, I don't think he's that bad. Um, I think he's quite bad. Well, we can talk about that when he supposedly yeah. is bad. But, I okay. mean, compared to other Disney characters, I don't think he's that bad. Well, I think he's bad looking at it through today's eyes. But, I mean, really, you know, he was going over to do a job. Yep. Yeah. And that that was really it. Fair enough. But we can come on to that. But I thought John Smith was, like, a good-looking character. Yeah quite rugged hmm good jawline very strong jaw yeah so it cuts to native americans we see pocahontas can't be found by her dad because he says she's got her mother's spirit and goes where the wind takes her so in true disney style the mother's dead because you always have to have at least one parent die they love that don't they they love a good parent death always the mother actually yeah, the mother is is the big, the big one. But Frozen, they took it one step further and killed them yeah, both. Did them both. They were just like, what can we do? Yeah. Um, 
when they're on the boat, so obviously we see them going on the boat to try and get to the, the new world. Yeah. Um, the wind's going everywhere, isn't it? Yeah. The conditions are awful. Mm-hmm. And um, they're sort of trying to hold the cannons from falling off the boat. Yeah. I mean, they must have been very strong. I'm not sure they would have been able to hold those cannons. I mean, I've, you know, you could sit on a cannon at, you know, a, a historical castle yeah. or something, and you wouldn't be able to move them. No. I often sit on cannons at historical landmarks, and not once have they moved an inch. Exactly. <laughs> Pocahont is, is hanging out with Miko, and, who's a raccoon, and Flick. Is it Flick? Who's I a bird? I think so, yeah. Okay. And they're messing around in the water. A friend goes to find her. And then she spits water in her friend's face, which I, I just wouldn't find funny at all. I think that's just dirty, germ-carrying. I don't like that at all. But what struck me is her hair is always so straight in days before GHDs. Would it be that straight after all that water? Maybe she put something in it. Product. Natural product, like coconut oil. Obviously not coconuts because they wouldn't have had them there. No. But, you know, something, some sort of, some form of oil or something. I mean, whatever she is using, she could have made her money with that because her hair always looks fantastic and she's in and out of the water and at one point there's, like, water spraying at her. So, you know, normally, like, you know, you'd get, like, a humid effect of the hair. Not her. And the wind was always on her side, just nicely blowing her hair. So she's talking about a dream she keeps having. She tries to tell her dad about the dream, but he cuts her off and tells her that he wants her to marry Cocoam. She's not very happy about that, well, is she? She, she argues. Really shocked by it. And I just thought to myself, like, who are you expecting to marry? I thought he seemed like a good, a good catch. Well, she thought he was a bit serious, and he is a bit serious. But we don't know him. You know, we don't know him that well might not be anyway she goes off on a canoe ride and has a sing song just around the river bend which is just a glorious song it is love it oh i just love that song i think this soundtrack is very strong i say it's very strong there's only really two songs this and colors of the wind there are two strong songs but they're so strong that i think Mm. i think it goes up there just on the strength of those two songs yeah so she has a chat with a tree who tells her Coco um, is serious. She listens to Pocahontas' dream where she says she sees a spinning arrow which spins and then stops. She says it's pointing her down a path and she asks which one and the tree it gives her some mumbo-jumbo about the wind will tell her, which doesn't help, does it, really? No. So back to the boat where they're docking. And they seem to dock at this point. I don't know if it's this point, but they seem to dock very close to the water's edge. And I just thought, the boat would scrape, wouldn't it? Like a boat that size, if you're not at a dock, yeah. you've got, you know, you'd be docking in the middle of the sea. Yeah, it was quite inland, wasn't it? It was very. quite... Yeah. And then at one point, they literally dragged the boat onto the, onto the, the edge. A boat land. with with 
cannons on it, no less. So yeah. again, proving their strength. Because none of them were, other than John Smith, they were all quite weedy. None of them were that big, were they? Well, yeah, exactly. I was surprised I could hear Billy Connolly in it because it was quite a small cameo, really, wasn't it? For someone so big, you'd expect if he was going to be in a Disney film, he would get a bigger part than just I kind of one of the background men. I didn't, I didn't notice that. Okay, well, I'm not even sure it was Billy Connolly, but I'm fairly certain you can't mistake that voice. And I was just quite surprised he didn't have a bigger... Wait for a bigger role in a Disney film. But it might not have even been him. Might have just been some Scottish geezer. Don't know. So, Miko bumps into John Smith and Pocahontas sees it and she kind of likes him because he's kind to him, isn't he? And he gives him a biscuit. Yeah, and the biscuits looked, um, you know, they they seemed to give a lot, didn't they? Yeah, they seemed to give absolutely. a lot of these biscuits out. They looked like shortbread to me. I thought that, but they wouldn't. I think they'd be a car's water biscuit. Would you think they didn't look like a water biscuit? I know, but he said, "Oh, I've been I've been living off these for the last however long." Right, you wouldn't live off shortbread, or you'd like to. <laughs> Yeah, I just don't think... I think practicalities would be... It would have to be, like, a, a, a sensible biscuit. Hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. Ratcliffe names it Jamestown, as you said. After King James. Thank you. Historian on board. I did do a degree just for that comment. <laughs> and that degree has paid off. Right now. <laughs> Boom. Nothing before now, but right here at this moment, it paid off. So it cuts to the digging song. I don't know what it's called, but they're singing about digging. John, so if he's washing his face in the water and he sees Pocahontas' reflection, so goes to shoot at her, and then when he sees her standing there all quite glam with her GHD'd natural coconut oil hair... He stops straight away. He stops, yeah. He was like, I'm not going to shoot this lady. Now, this bit I didn't really understand. At the start, it appears she can't understand him because he says, you can't understand a word of what I'm saying. But then they just chat normally, so... Is it that, you know, and then we hear her speak and she speaks not in English, does she? Because... Obviously, yeah, we don't understand her, uh, yeah. but then it, it kind of gives the impression that, okay, she hasn't been speaking English, so yeah. they don't understand each other. So my thing here was that then they just got each other. But they're not, you know, if they're just saying one key word, like when they just say their names, I understand that. But they were actually having quite full-on conversations in the end of it. <laughs> well, yeah. She takes his hand after remembering what the batty old tree told her. And she tells him her name, and then he says his name, which is a bit of a letdown, isn't it? John Smith after And then I liked this because then obviously he asked something about the river's name, and she said, and he said, "Oh, you all have funny names." Yeah. And then she said, "Oh, you've got a funny name." Yeah. <laughs> How colours of the wind starts is that they have the conversation. Like he says to her something like, "Oh, we're here to, you know, to to build." Um, buildings and make you know your houses better and all of this sort of stuff and she was like well there's nothing wrong with our houses and again it just sort of I thought it just really showed like how arrogant you know that it must have been that 
obviously back in the day, like when they did go and find the new world, mm. they just sort of walk in like it's theirs. I mean, what happened really is outrageous, isn't it? When you look back, it was absolutely outrageous. Yeah, but then I was thinking to myself, I don't know why I was thinking this, maybe because I was looking at it thinking, oh, it looks lovely where, like, Pocahontas lives. You know, these Mm. days, obviously, we have areas, you know, of, like, um, national parks and stuff which you can't build on, and they're, like, all of these really beautiful places. Like, they could be the ones of what we could have had. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Who knows what we've destroyed? Because, you know, someone could have had... There could have been something amazing and then someone went, nah, we need to dig for gold. Need to dig for gold and pop a TGI Fridays on top of it. (laughs) They're having uh, chit-chat, learning handshakes and etc. He says he's from London, even though he's an Australian Mel Gibson who resides in America. Liar! And like you said, he says that they're going to improve their lives by building streets and houses. And Very condescending he was here. Very condescending. And then he puts his foot in it even further by calling them all savages. Mm. Which was, oh, majorly orcs. It was. I mean, it's good she knew what it meant. At least we didn't have that awkward thing where she went, well, what does that mean? You tell me what what it means. Well, no, it's all of a sudden they both speak fluent each other's language, which is handy. Um, they learnt that very quickly. But she launches into Colours of the Wind, which again, what a song. Amazing song. Gives me tingles a bit. One of That's one of those oh, songs. Yeah, it does me. It's just, um, it's a really magical Disney song. It's but just get, got all the elements. And there's one bit though where they go and... Um, they go and see the bear and then she holds the cub which obviously you know you would never hold a bear cub ever but anyway (laughs) and then I thought I mean I get her point what she's trying to make but previously they've just been having a conversation about how wonderful it is that her new husband-to-be killed a bear didn't they yeah so I just sort of thought don't bring the bear into it I get the point of the rest of it yeah don't try and now be like oh look we're friends with everyone yeah because well she is but the rest oh, of them. Yeah. Uh, but she's a bit, you know, more enlightened, isn't she? Yeah. And at this point, when they were both together at this point, I just was like, they both have very, very strong jaw lines, the pair of them. I mean, if they'd have had children... Well, yeah. They would have just been, you know, like jaws on legs. <laughs> Kokum asks her friend where Pocahontas is, but she's still walking around with John... She explains that there's no gold. Well, no, this bit's funny, actually, isn't it? Because he said something about gold. Is this this bit? And then she goes, oh, yeah, we do have gold. And then she shows the sweet corn. Yeah, because... funny. Yeah. The mad tree talks to John. And they arrange to meet back there that evening. Yeah. She goes back to camp and sees Kokum has formed an army to defend them. And they I mean they really rallied the troops there. Uh, well, I mean, an awful lot, wasn't there? There, in the days before, sort of WhatsApp and instant messaging, he managed to get an awful lot of people together. Yeah, very quickly. Mm, very much so. She tries to talk her father into not fighting and says that they need, you know, to talk through their their differences. And John goes back and pretty much says the same thing. To, to his men 
and tries to explain there's no gold, but Ratcliffe's having none of it. I mean, to be fair, if I went there with the intention that there was gold and he just came back and said someone's... One of the local people said there's no gold here. I would be a little bit... Okay, well, let's maybe not believe them because we don't know them and they probably do want to keep it for themselves. You know, like if I was thinking... I wouldn't trust him, his word on it either. No, no. I would want to go and have a look. You'd at least want to give it a go, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So John sneaks out the tent at night and Ratcliffe demands that Thomas follows him and shoots any Indians. I mean, that bit's unnecessary. Let's just listen to see what's going on. The friend, her friend, sorry, grasses up Pocahontas to Cocum because she's worried and I don't obviously think it he... is that she's worried. Do you think she's a sneak, the friend? I think she fancies him. Oh. She wants, cause she said earlier on in the film that she thought he was good looking or something. Hello. I think she's, yeah, I think she's, I think it's malicious. We found another layer that I didn't even know existed in this film. I think you could be right. Yeah, I don't I didn't think... even see it. I think it must be infuriating to be friends with Pocahontas. All I kept thinking about with the friend was how on earth did she get such a straight fringe in those <laughs> days with no scissors? But yeah, I think that it was jealousy, fueled by jealousy, actually. You could be right. So John warns Pocahontas they are about to be attacked. Miko and Percy have a fight. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a fight going on there. They then have a little bit of a snog. Not Miko and Percy. <laughs> I was going to say, oh. Not that kind of film. Kokum arrives, sees it and attacks John. And he he becomes crazy. So maybe he's really been downplaying his feelings towards Pocahontas. Well, I thought that. Or is it a male pride thing? Because he's like, well, I've got permission to marry her. And there so... she is, snogging a white man from Britain. Slash Australia, America. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he flies into a rage. Thomas shoots Kokum. Considering he wasn't the best shooter, he, he was pretty good that he shot. managed to shoot him dead. Yeah, with no blood. No, oh, no blood there. Not no. a scrap of blood. I was like, no. that's, what, that's what I found most impressive. A real clean shoot. So clean, there wasn't a drop of blood anywhere. Yeah, like a hitman shoot. And up until that point, he couldn't even shoot in a straight line. Yeah, exactly. So that was impressive. She's very cross about it. And John gets captured. We then see Miko and Percy have become friends, which is nice. Percy's frightened and Miko helps him out. That was really nice. These are two of the nicest kind of little sidekicks I think that you see in these kind of films some can be quite annoying yeah but I really I really like these little ones I love them her dad tells John he will be the first to die at sunrise and her friend confesses that she sent Kokum to find her and then she kind of feels guilty about it so arranges Pocahontas to go and see John which is quite nice. Uh, I didn't like this song. I didn't remember it, and I didn't like it. Oh, I don't think I even remember it, and I just watched it. So Blacked out already? Yeah. Gone. Thomas tells them 
they've captured John, so they have they have a thing about that. The bonkers tree reminds Pocahontas to find uh, John's compass, or kind of she finds John's compass in front of the the mad tree. I don't remember. She runs to him, and as I said, this is the only thing, as far as I know, which was historically accurate that she flings herself on top of him just as he's about to be stoned and puts her own head there to prevent it happening the dad says she speaks with wisdom beyond her years and he releases john yeah this is nice yeah but ratcliffe i think this is where we know that he is a baddie says uh he still shoots the dad there was no need for that was there no i guess not John dives in front and gets shot instead. And Ratcliffe's men all turn on him. Which would so... never happen. I think the only way it would be acceptable for them to go back to England overturning the captain of the ship would be if they killed him. Yeah, because they've got to go back and explain it, haven't they? And also, like I would be like, they're all crazy and they did this to me. And again, mm. like who's to say... Like, he would probably be believed over there. Well, yeah, he's captain. And how would they even get their boat home without him? It's all silly, isn't it? It's like it's like having a pilot and, and stringing him up. And then no one... And then, then it just being the, the air stewardesses left. They wouldn't be able to go home. <laughs> it's the next morning. They're trying to get John onto the boat, but he says he wants to wait for Pocahontas because she said she'd be there and she comes over quite casually she's not getting back to England for him to have a chance to survive what like two three four weeks later he's gonna survive and again like they just would probably be like I'm sorry if you're gonna die you're gonna die but we've got to crack on and find this gold yeah. I, I just can't imagine it being a great reception going back to England with your captain tied up and oh, we came back really quickly for your wonderful medication. Oh, he died halfway through, though. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Do people last four weeks with an open wound, which is quite severe? I don't know. I, yeah, I'm not, I'm not 100%. It's not clear. I mean, it seemed to be around the chest area as well, didn't it? Yeah. Quite serious. Yeah. So. And then what they all, yeah, like she saunters in. With yeah. everyone, with like, it would have been a good twist if they came back and said, "Here's all the gold," and then the captain yes. went, "I told you they were lying." They all say goodbye, but Percy stays behind with Miko, which is nice. John asks her to go with him, and she says she's needed there. I believe in real life she did go to England, not with. Uh, not with John Smith, but I think she married an Englishman. Or really? she definitely, definitely lived the remaining years of her life in England. But I don't think she went with with him. I think when she got older. Like she died very young. I think she died sort of early 20s. Oh, probably because she wasn't used to all the fumes of London town. <laughs> yeah. Used to that nice nature and then probably got there and thought god why have i traded that in for this he offers to stay behind but she says um he will stay with her always anyway 
and he sails away and it's quite a dramatic ending with uh, the colours of the wind music playing in the background. So kind of uh, not the happy ever after. No, not at all. That, that you normally get in a in a Disney film, was it? No. We've had some shout outs. So first of all, from uh, my cousins who chose us to do this episode. So thank you for them. Becky says, I love all the songs in this movie, except Mind My Mind, which is just gold and dig, which is a shame that the villain song is weak. I also enjoy the annoyance turned friendship between Miko and Percy. It's yeah, adorable. That is true. And Lauren was telling me yesterday that she likes it because she likes that Pocahontas likes animals and respects nature and things like that. Which I think she was a very nice uh, Disney princess. Yeah. And she wasn't really that bothered about like finding a man and a relationship. No. A lot of them are obsessed with that. They really are. <laughs> Your friend, Lyle, says, awful film, but Colours of the Wind is gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you, Lyle. At Nerd Chatting says, never seen it, and I'm okay with that. Okay, I think you're missing out. I think it's quite a good film. Give it a go. I think you should see it. I think maybe a lot of people didn't want to give this a go because they might be perceived as a girl's film, do you think? Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Just because it's, you know, like this, Mulan. I don't know if they're seen more as girls' films. Both are very strong. Mulan's a very good film as well. I've never seen Mulan. Oh, well, we'll look forward to watching that one then, won't we? Two Girls One Film says, Have you ever read the original story of Pocahontas? She was so effing smart and sadly mistreated by her family who basically left her to die. Surely we're not leaving it there. No, it's okay. I've got I've got some more. At TV in Space says, It's awesome with the best Disney music. Who doesn't love a raccoon sidekick? Even if it's not historically accurate. I like that. I agree. At You Can Rewind It says, Mel Gibson singing is so bad, but love Colours of the Wind and Percy the Dog. Interesting. I will look up Pocahontas and learn a little bit more about her. No use to you, obviously, because we've already recorded the podcast. But yeah, it'd be interesting to learn a little bit more. Um, And I suggest you do the same. Can you not just give me a bit of a download? Yep. Okay. I'll send you some key points. Thank you later on is it better than you thought because you didn't want to watch it did you originally um i think it's nice i wouldn't watch it again for a while but you know it's yeah it's nice i wasn't particularly looking forward to it i'm dreading it but i you know i didn't think it was going to be one that i particularly enjoy i enjoyed it more than i have some of the films we watched so yeah thumbs up from me you can find us in all manner of places we are on Twitter at Theme Park Films. We're on Instagram at Theme Park Films Podcast. We are on Facebook at Theme Park Films Podcast. You can also email us themeparkfilms at hotmail.com. And we are also the creators of Britpod Scene, which is a collective of British podcasts. Please go and check out, uh, probably for the most up-to-date stuff, I'd say check out our Facebook page, which is run um, by Stacey from at Rough Giraffe Podcast, who does a fantastic job of keeping that up-to-date. 
and check us out on Twitter at BritPodScene where all of our retweets are from the podcast that we endorse. So if there's nothing else from Holly, we will say bye for now and see you in the next one. Bye. Theme Park Films podcast is part of BritPodScene, a network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritPodScene.com or follow BritPodScene on Twitter to find out more.